You know, in last week's message, I began the sermon by asking, what is wisdom worth to you? And if you could place a value on it, would it be a high value? Or would you put a low value upon it? Or would it be something where you'd place a value in between? Now, today I want to ask you another very important question. Are you sold on pursuing wisdom? Is that something that you're going to devote your life to or you are devoting your life to? Are you buying in on the whole notion of pursuing wisdom? And if so, do you know where to find it? The book of Proverbs says in chapter 9, verse 10, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Holding God in high regard. You know, revering God above everything else in your life. You know, having the utmost respect and trust in God and for God, that is the beginning of wisdom. That is the starting line in this pursuit of wisdom. Now, James chapter 1, verse 5 makes also an amazing statement and a promise to us regarding the pursuit of wisdom. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who generously gives to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. If you believe this promise from Scripture, and if you apply this to your life, then your life will be marked with purpose and meaning. You will understand God's clear mission for your life, and you will experience His power, His Holy Spirit power working in and through you. And those around you, your spouse, your children, your family, and your friends will be marked as well by this wisdom that comes from God that you possess. The book of Proverbs says it best, nothing compares with wisdom. Nothing that you desire in your life will be more valuable than God's wisdom. Wisdom trumps everything else. Proverbs 8 verse 11 says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire compares with her. Wisdom's more profitable than silver and gold, better than a finely polished diamond, better than a bag full of unblemished rubies. Now, now for us, it's fairly easy to understand the value of gold, silver, and diamonds, and to know that gold is more valuable than silver. But do you understand that rubies are more valuable than gold? Just a handful of years ago, a ruby that weighed 25 carats sold at a precious jewel sale for over a million dollars a carat. The total price was slightly over 30 million dollars. And by comparison, a 50 carat diamond at the same auction went for just under 10 million dollars. That's about $200,000 a carat. A half cup of unblemished rubies on the market today would go for well over a billion dollars. And Solomon says that wisdom is worth more than that. Nothing compares to wisdom. It's worth more than massive amounts of money. It's worth more than all of our net worths combined. It's worth more than the combined net worths of Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos. If you obtain wisdom, God says, you will be richer than the richest people on earth. This is how valuable God says wisdom is. And wisdom, by the way, is countercultural. 
A, a recent survey asked 700 people, if you could say in one word what you want more of in life, what would it be? One word that you want more of. The number one thing that people said was happiness. People just want to be happy. The second thing, guess what? Money. Money. How much money is enough? Just a little bit more. Third thing people want is freedom. Especially after we've been in all these lockdowns and social distancing and all these things you can and can't do and places you can go and can't go. People want freedom. Number four, they want peace. They want harmony in their lives. They want people to get along. Can't we all just get along? The fifth one surprised me a little bit, which is joy. Joy isn't necessarily happiness. It can be happiness, but joy is, is, is that contentment in any and every circumstance of life, and people want a joy. The sixth thing they wanted in life was balance, just balance across their lives. Number seven was fulfillment, that they do and experience things that are fulfilling, that are meaningful. Number eight was confidence. There's a lot of people that think they could have done more in life or would be more successful if they just had more confidence. The ninth thing on the list was stability. Oh, people don't like the roller coaster of life, the ups and downs. If I could just have a stable life. And number 10 was passion. Things to be enthused about and excited about. Well, there's really no surprises here, but did you notice one thing that didn't make the list? Wisdom. Nobody put wisdom on their list. Yet when a person seeks wisdom, everything else in their life falls into place. Now, we have to remember today something very important about wisdom's offer. We must accept it. And the hard truth is, some people will learn to fear the Lord. They'll learn to honor God and begin the process of seeking uh, His wisdom. And other people in life simply will not. They won't go there. And there's a phrase in the book of Proverbs for those who choose not to fear God, who, who reject in that sense the pursuit of wisdom. And such people in the book of Proverbs are called fools. And for the sake of balance, as well as applying today's passage and text, uh, let me state that we all can be called or could have been called fools at some time in our lives. Why? Because at some point, we've all neglected God's wisdom. We've all ignored God, and we've perhaps hurt others or even hurt ourselves along the way. And the most of us don't go through life choosing to be, to be foolish on a regular basis. None of us in our better moments would ever want to be even called a fool. Generally, we don't make deliberate choices to ruin our lives or to bring pain into the lives of others. But if we want to become wise according to God's word, we have to accept the truth that sometimes we act and behave like fools. The unfortunate thing about foolishness is that it isn't something that you can see in the mirror every morning. You can't get up and, oh man, there's a fool if I've ever seen one, okay? You know, sometimes it's painful to look in the mirror in the morning and look at what we really are, but we don't generally see foolishness in the mirror in the morning as we're getting ready for work or getting ready for school or getting ready to come to church or whatever the activities of that day hold. Usually it's something that needs to be pointed out by others or it needs to be ex experienced in life, uh, you know, through the school of hard knocks. It's usually where we learn those things. 
Wisdom does teach us as well to not judge others or call others fools. Instead, wisdom teaches us to reflect upon our own lives and to see if there's any foolishness, which many times is sin in the Bible, any foolishness that's crept into our lives. Is there, let me ask you that, any foolishness lurking in your life right now? Is there any foolishness or foolish activities that have taken hold of your heart? Is there any hijacking that's going on in your life right now in your pursuit of wisdom? Well, today's message about a friend's love looks specifically at Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times. And this is a faithful kind of love. This is the love of a true friend that is constant. And this verse in the Hebrew language uses poetic parallelism where the first line occurs and the second line supports it's, it's restating it in a different way. And, th- and this particular verse here, the second half, is about a brother who's born for a time of adversity. That's equated with a friend who loves at all times. So in other words, the, f- the friend who loves at all times is like a family member, like a brother or sister who, who is there in times of adversity. Now, family members are supposed to love at all times. They're supposed to be there through thick and thin. They're supposed to be present in times of adversity. And adversity is really many of the times when we in life find out who our friends truly are. Now, I must tell you as a pastor, as I've walked through many heartbreaking tragedies with families in the 35 plus years that I have served as a pastor, that it's very unsettling when I encounter families from time to time who have dysfunction in their backgrounds, in their families of origin, and in those moments of loss and crises, death, tragedy, they don't receive many times the appropriate support from their families of origin. And every single time I get the feeling like, this isn't right. You know, this is is wrong. Life shouldn't be this way. Families, no matter what their differences might be, should be there for each other in the hard times. After all, this is what families were built for, to love at all times. And you know, as a pastor over the years too, I have seen in many of these same circumstances time and time again, I have witnessed friends, no blood relationship whatsoever, come around their friends in their times of losses as if they were family grieving, hurting, mourning right alongside of them. And in the midst of some unbearable losses, this thing of beauty reveals itself called true friendship. And it's right there in the midst of this loss. A true friend is like a sister or brother that comes alongside us when we need them most. Now I have to tell you, this is God's spirit at work in a powerful way. Because Ephesians 1 verse 13 says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When someone comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they hear the gospel, they come to believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who does that work of new birth, that work of regeneration, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in that person. And one of the pronounced ministries of the Holy Spirit is related to the Spirit's characteristics. Do you know the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the counselor who will guide us into all truth? Counselors help people in times of crises, in times of need and disaster. And do you know another name in the Bible, which is in the original language for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. 
the one who comes alongside. So we are never more like God than when we come alongside others in their times of adversity. Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Who is that person in your life right now? Who, if a serious need arose, if you, uh, if, if for you, would drop whatever they have going, whatever time or financial restraints they might be under, and they would move heaven and earth just to be with you when you need them the most? Who are those people in your life? Could you, could you list them right now? Are they coming to your mind right now? Who would you call right now if the bottom dropped out for you? Who is it that you have on your speed dial in your phone? Who ha- would spare no expense to be there for you? Who would come in a moment's notice? You know, we all have a lot of acquaintances in life. Some of them we might even call friends. But which ones of those friends would come running when we really need them the most. I think that pool is probably pretty small. Those are the ones who are your real friends. Now, I must admit today that by focusing so specifically on love in the book of Proverbs that we've jumped ahead a little bit in this study of wisdom that we're doing. In fact, uh, proverbially, we've got the cart in front of the horse. We're looking at the middle of the book. We're starting to read in the middle of the book and we've forgotten the early chapters. But Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair. Prudent behavior, what is right, just, and fair. Giving, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. See, no matter where a person is at in life, no matter what age we might happen to be, no matter what our gender might be, no matter how much melanin we may have or not have in our skin, no matter what station in life we might be at, what level of intellect or academic prowess, we all can become wise or wiser. Proverbs chapter 8 verses 34 and 35 uh, is going to say this, but I have to just give this little caveat here. You need to understand in the early chapters of Proverbs, and especially here in chapter 8, that wisdom is personified. Wisdom is speaking to us as if wisdom were a person. And here's what it says, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. God's heart for wisdom is unquestioned. And our pursuit of wisdom will put us face to face with a just, a merciful, a loving, and a holy God. And our lives, the writer of Proverbs here says, will also be graced with God's favor. We will experience beauty in relationships that, like we never experienced before. We will have an intelligence that when it comes to managing our money that we didn't have, like as if we we're some kind of financial planner. We, we didn't have that before. We'll have a brilliance when it comes to leadership that, that wasn't part of our toolkit before. And we will have depth when it comes to our spirituality. Here's the thing. Wisdom was never meant to be stockpiled. It was never meant to be hidden. It is meant 
to be shared. It is designed to be given away. Wisdom that comes from God grows and it multiplies. And it isn't just something that we get to keep for ourselves. To do that is to not be like God. God, in his infinite wisdom, encourages us to give the wisdom we acquire from him away freely to others so that others can have it. And the fact of the matter is, investing our wisdom in others is a sign that we love God and that we love others because we've gotten that wisdom from God, from his word and from the leading of his spirit, and we're sharing that with others. You know, Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and the one, and the one who is wise saves lives. People that are wise help save lives. You know, my life in adulthood is so radically different than my life was in my childhood. I came to faith in Jesus Christ right before I entered into adulthood. And I've been on this 45-year journey ever since to acquire God's wisdom and then pass that wisdom on to others. And you know when it says save lives here, that's also the phrase for delivers. And, and God's people who are wise help deliver others and save their lives. And people in Christ Jesus and through God's wisdom end up with a much higher quality of life than they would have otherwise. And I personally know this is true because I've lived in both of these worlds. And we get to help other people come from that one world into the world of wisdom that God has for us. And one of the keys for us in gaining wisdom and then passing it on to others is to hang out with other people who are on this very same journey. Look at Proverbs 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with a fool, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. The entire key here is the word with. Are you pursuing wisdom with others? Do you have close friends who are on this same journey of wisdom toward God and with God, and are you walking on that journey with them? Are, are you walking with people who are walking in step with the Holy Spirit so that you can gain that same wisdom. See, Solomon also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. It's another book in the Bible in this genre of wisdom literature, and here's how he extolled friendship there in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He said, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, in summary, feel sorry feel sorry for people who have no close friends, who have no one to help them in their time of need, who have no one to come alongside them when the crises of life show up. Proverbs tells us that if we journey through life with wise people, we will become wise. But it also says that we should choose very carefully who are our friends. Because the antithetical here, parallelism of Proverbs 13, 20, of wise friends is what? Foolish ones. Foolish friends. And King Solomon, who made some very wise decisions in his life, also made some very foolish ones. So he's very qualified to tell us about having good friends and having foolish friends. And he tells us here that wise friends will make us wise. And foolish friends will bring us harm. 
You know, often we view ourselves in the culture that we live in as independent individuals, specifically in the Western world. But the truth be told, especially with close friends, there is this transference that occurs. What passes between close friends is humor, values, convictions, morals, habits, confidences, and goals. And whether we realize it or not, these things pass back and forth despite our uh, Western ethos of rugged individualism. We are deeply affected by the wisdom or by the foolishness of our friends. And this is why the book of Proverbs places such a high premium on choosing the right kinds of friends. If we want to become a better person, we need to choose friends who are making good decisions. If we want to strengthen our commitments and our resolve, we need to, to find friends who stand up for their God-honoring convictions. If we want to be more loving and kind, we need to find friends who treat others with dignity and respect. If we want a closer walk with God, we need to hang out with friends who make their faith in Christ their highest priority. And you know the opposite is also true? Foolish friends can ruin our lives. Their faulty moral compass can steer us right off course. Their distortions of the truth can undermine our understanding of God. Their foolish behavior can also distort our values and sometimes even our goals in life. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And how many people have you heard of in life? Uh, maybe they ended up in trouble with the law. Maybe they ended up in prison. They ended up paying some heavy fines or lost some significant relationships. And when their lives spun out of control, they can point back to the beginning point of their downfall, and it was hanging out with the wrong people. Sadly, many people think that they're, they're the exception to this rule, that they can play with fire and not get burned, that they can hang out with fools and not become foolish. Proverbs says, be careful to choose the right kind of friends because you will become like those you choose to be close to. You know, in my lifetime, I've watched people search with absolute vigor for the right doctor, the right dentist, the right car salesperson, the right accountant, the right lawyer, Oh, the right coach. Do parents search for the right coach for their little children? You know, for the right mentor, the right financial planner, the right secretary, the right assistant, the right hunting guide. I'm not putting money down on that hunt until I get the right guide or even the right personal trainer. But when it comes to choosing the right friends to walk with for the rest of our lives, people put no thought into that. Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? Put more effort into finding the right coach for your kids than you do the kind of friends you're going to walk with for the rest of your life. You know, in my opinion, life loses some of its meaning when it's not shared with close friends. What good are the special days, the births of children and grandchildren, the significant milestones, the promotions, the special accomplishments, if there's no one to share them with? You know, whenever I shoot a nice buck with my bow or a gun, I, I, I send pictures to my friends and to my, my family members right away, right from the woods. You know, 10 days ago, I shot the biggest turkey of my life. Guess what I did? I sent the pictures out to all my fam family and friends and, uh, and even recounted some of the story for them. What good is having nice things in life? Recreational vehicles, boats, homes, top light, you know, top flight tools, or even special skills if you have no one to share them with. I really believe 
that friendship adds so much enjoyment. Friendships do to life. And when I, uh, we have such friends and tragedy comes knocking on our door or on our loved one's doors, we have someone to come alongside us. You know, when my dearest, one of my dearest friends in the world, when his father passed away uh, this past decade, Cindy and I jumped in the car and we drove four hours to southeastern Minnesota. And we stood in line at the funeral home. Uh, and it wasn't in the funeral home just because the line wound around in the funeral home and it was out down the street because he was a well-known disc jockey, radio jockey down in that part of uh, eastern uh, Minnesota and, and western Wisconsin. And so we stood outside late October day. I was actually on vacation because that's the time of year when I'm sitting in a boat stand. But I'm down there on this brisk, beautiful, high-pressure, bluebird day, the perfect day to be hunting, and I'm standing in line on a concrete sidewalk waiting to get inside to see my friend and his wife, our friends, Cindy and I, to talk to them for three to four minutes, to hug them, walk back out, get in your car, and drive four hours back home. I did the same thing when he had a serious back surgery. And drove all the way to La Crosse, Wisconsin, spent 35, 40 minutes with him in the hospital, and then turned around and drove back home. And when my wife's uh, parents died, her father died first, and her mother died, who drove up each time from West Central Wisconsin to come to those services? It was our close friends. And when my mother died, he felt terrible that he couldn't come. Uh, my friend Dirk, because uh, he was tied up as a school administrator. And when his mom passed away, it was the beginning of COVID. And I couldn't go because I wasn't allowed to go to be with them or be with the family. They just had a small family ceremony when she passed on. You know, when life's difficulties come, I don't want to be alone. In fact, I don't think we were ever meant to be alone. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born. For adversity. Consistent love and help during times of trouble are two of the invaluable gifts of friendship. And it is in times of adversity that true friendship is displayed. Would you pray with me, please? God, our Father, we thank you today for these words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs, words that you have preserved, God, for nearly 3,000 years for us to have for us to know. And God, we've lived and experienced many of these things that are said right here that we've talked about today. And Lord, specifically that, that friends are, are, are born for times of adversity because they love at all times. And we thank you for those friends like that in our lives. And God, we pray that we would become or are those kinds of friends to others in our lives. The ones who will come running when tragedy or disaster strikes us. Thank you, God, that you are our friend and uh, that you are a friend who has laid down your life for us. God helps to do that for others, to bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.